Howdy, this is Jim Rutt, and this is The Jim Rutt Show. This is a Currents episode. Currents are shorter and less heavily produced than our full-length episodes and generally focus on a single topic. As always, links to books, articles, and organizations mentioned are available on the episode page at jimrutshow.com. That's jimrutshow.com. Today's guest is Panos Siozos. Panos is the CEO and co-founder of Learn Worlds. That's a leading platform for creating online education. He holds a PhD in educational technology and has worked extensively as a computer science educator, software engineer, IT manager, and researcher in many EU-funded research projects. Before following the startup route, he was working in the European Parliament as a policy advisor for research and innovation. Welcome, Panos. Hi, Jim, and thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, this should be an interesting conversation. This is something that I'm personally very interested in, which is alternative routes to deliver education to the people. And of course, I'm always interested in interesting software businesses. So how is it that you came to go the startup route, right? Sounds like you probably had a nice job, but uh, what made you want to uh, make that change in life? I think it was a a niche that we had since our university days Uh, with my co-founders. We go way back. I have two co-founders. We've known each other since uh, 1995. We studied together computer science, and then we actually embarked on postgraduate studies on educational technology. So we actually built our first platform back in 1999, but it was in an academic setting. Uh, We were able back then to create some amazing products, test them with a a couple hundred students who we used as guinea pigs, really advanced some aspects of, uh, of educational technology. But we never, because all these things were happening in an academic setting, we didn't have any huge impact. Like we didn't have any many thousands of users to actually use our products. And uh, and this is where after completing our, our, uh, our PhD studies, after uh, doing different kinds of works, we always had this uh, itch to, to go back to the roots and actually employ the state of the state of the art of e-learning to improve education and give a, an amazing platform at the hands of actual trainers that are out there and are craving these kinds of amazing user experiences. Oh, very good. So that was you know a rich background, not just get rich quick scheme kind of deal. So that, that's what I like. De- definitely not. And when we started. I have to say that we were more scientists than entrepreneurs. We didn't know how to build a, you know, the, how to build a startup or uh, or how to focus on on marketing or sales or stuff like that. But we were amazing at creating an amazing product. So this is what we did first, and uh, gradually through our customers, we also learned how to to become good businessmen and then promote our platform. Yeah, not at all uncommon. I was the same way. I started out as a product guy and was fairly naive in my startups on how to sell. But one, I had some good uh, co-founders who knew more about that. And over time, I learned. So let's focus on the need from the end learner. We'll talk about your customer who isn't, isn't the end learner. But let's start with where the fundamental demand comes from. Why is adult lifetime learning so important right now? 
Well, I always consider learning to be the only legit superpower that humans possess. It's learning is something that nobody can take away from you, and it can really be a catalyst for uh, social improvement, financial improvement, for for well-being, for getting better every single day at everything that we that we do. And we see that increasingly, traditional education cannot keep up with the needs of today's people, of today's skilled workers, of today's students even. And especially with the millennials and the younger generation, you see that people are used to having amazing, slick digital experiences with uh, with their mobile devices and their tablet devices and their gaming devices. And then in some cases, when they try to use e-learning, they end up getting thrown a PDF or something of 100 pages and somebody says, okay, you got a PDF, you have been trained via e-learning, which is not actually how we are used to learning in our everyday lives. I remember 20, 30 years ago, experts were saying that in our lifetimes, we might have to change careers like six to seven times. I think with uh, in today's situation, in today's economy, we would be lucky if we changed careers one every couple of years. Everything moves uh, so fast. Knowledge is getting obsolete so fast. So we need to keep learning. And we need to keep learning both for I- improving our situation in the in the job market, but also as uh, as persons, this is one of the of the best ways to uh, to to improve our situation in uh, in every respect. Uh, sort of roughly, uh, where do you see the demand pull from the end learner with respect to let's say two categories: one job related, and then the second personal development related. I would say it's about 50-50 in what we see. Always anything that has to do with jobs attracts more uh, focus and usually the courses in these kinds of uh, in these kinds of uh, of topics are uh, more expensive let's say people are willing to invest top dollar in something that can improve their situation and help them get a better job or uh, get a, a raise or a promotion but uh, also people increasingly and we've seen that to be catalyzed also by COVID, people increasingly invest in their well-being, becoming a better parent, a better spouse, a better gardener, invest in your in your hobbies, things that help us stay sane and safe and, and help us improve in what we do. And also, uh, Jim, something else that we are seeing is that increasingly there's an, a bigger overlap between skills and hobbies. We see more and more people try to make their hobbies into their uh, full-time job and, and, and or, uh, or the other way around, people trying to escape nine to five, escape all these boring, demanding jobs that oblige them to be in a specific place at a specific, for a specific time and do things at a specific way and try to become more free. And we're seeing all these trends. All these things were also visible before COVID, but have been uh, like have been rap- massively catalyzed by COVID, like escaping nine to five, digital nomads, Going back, you know, to a to a nice place outside of a city and be able to work remotely on my own side projects or the things that really fulfill me as a person. Yeah, certainly, uh, we're seeing that trend here. You know, in our rural area where I live, people moving here who would never have moved here ten years ago because at least if they're on the roads that have decent internet, which isn't all of them, the opportunity to work remotely is quite real these days, and that may require some skill upgrading. And you know, platforms like these could be very good. But now let's flip to the 
other side, which is your actual customer, which is the people who are creating courses and curriculum and even schools, as I understand it. And I imagine some of those are digital nomads who, as part of their livelihood, are uh, using their ability uh, to create educational materials. Maybe talk a little bit about that. That's a little bit wider. Let's say, who, who are your customers, you know, with various classes? Anybody who has an audience and has some content, which are they're trying to monetize, can really become a customer. So we're talking about authors and bloggers and YouTubers and podcasters and and coaches. Anybody can really create an online school or an online academy or or a coaching or a membership site. And this is what our platform facilitates. But also. You mentioned even digital nomads. These are people who are usually like much more flexible, and they can they can they were let's say the early adopters of the platform. But increasingly, more and more, we see traditional businesses who realize that learning can be an amazing asset for for their business, whether it's a, a, a purely business that deals purely with professional training. Uh, whether it's uh, like offering continuing professional education or they have some other kind of knowledge that people are interested in. This is like a, a big part of, the, of, our, of our customer base. But increasingly, any business that wants to train their customers, train their employees, train their associates, we're talking more and more about a remote workforce and people being able to work from any time, any place. All these people can really... Uh, rally around uh, education and uh, any any business can profit from uh, from uh, training all the stakeholders let's say in a, in a business uh, so now even with covid hopefully subsiding uh, we're talking about uh, uh, let's say a business who wants to train 200 employees i don't see any future where they will bring these employees in a hotel for five hours of PowerPoint, there will be a, a riot. Now there are we've we've seen in the past couple of years that there are ways to offer education much more in, in much more effective and efficient uh, and cost-effective ways uh, through uh, online training. Uh, but we're not also here to replace traditional schools and physical schooling. Uh, that's not the the purpose. But finding the the balance between what we can do online and what we need to still be doing in the physical space can be a, a great uh, can give provide great flexibility and great value to any business so speaking of uh, brick and mortar schools as we'd say here in the US do any of them use your platform yes of course and uh, f- first of all uh, in the at the peak of covid let's say Online training was the only way that these brick and mortar businesses could continue to exist and keep in touch with their customers, with their with their students, with their uh, with their with their uh, professors. But also, people increasingly ask for more and more flexibility because you might not always be able to commute or reach your uh, your your physical place of of schooling. But also, people increasingly want the freedom to study anywhere, anytime. So even if the main delivery of the of the course, let's say, happens in a physical place, you can still profit from having online access, self-paced access, even to the same content that was delivered in the class. And you can have so many more affordances and functionality that can frame your course because you can, let's say, using an online platform, you can connect with your fellow students, you can ask questions, receive answers, you can revisit the content that was presented to you. So all these things can really create 
a world of learning, hence the name of the platform as well, where you can immerse yourself and can use, and can use all the different ways and different forms of media uh, to learn at your best. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, one thing to make clear to anybody who's listening to this who might want to use the platform, it's a, uh, best I could tell, a true white label platform. You don't attempt to brand it at all, at least at the above the free level, I suppose. Uh, is that is that accurate? Yes, it is accurate. We are not a marketplace, so we are not the ones selling uh, courses for our customers. Uh, we are a white label platform, which means that anybody can go in and create their own online school and they get to keep 100% of the profits and also they control their own audience and control their own content. So you can just go in and create the gymrat.com online school, uh, upload your content, sell your content from there, and you get to keep 100% of the profits. And you do provide uh, mechanisms for monetization, so credit card clearing, PayPal, etc. Of course, of course. We are, we are an all-in-one platform, so we offer all the tools that anybody would need to set up their online school, uh, all the customer-facing pages, all the, the like the full online website that anybody would need, and also we provide all the marketing and sales tools that people need. So you can uh, sell courses, you can have your checkout, you can sell memberships, you, we capture uh, credit cards and PayPal, as you, as you mentioned, we offer full analytics and obviously, we offer the full course delivery experience. And this is where uh, students will s spend most of their time consuming the courses, whether these are videos, interactive videos, ebooks, a, a full school community. So we are an online business in a box. Everything that you need to create your own e-learning business and share or sell your courses to the general population. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that you promote pretty strongly that you can literally create your own school, not just a course or two. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yes, it's a, a, we we have. I think our biggest school right now runs with more than three hundred and fifty thousand users. So as you can imagine, this is a multi-million dollar business, uh, like a very specific school about uh, data science and data analytics. Uh, this is a full business that runs entirely on top of of LearnWorks. But also, we can obviously help even the individual prosumer, somebody who just knows their stuff, whether it's uh, marketing, photography a do-it-yourself subject, uh, any like gardening, anything can be really put in on a, on a learnable school and, uh, and sold. And you have the course authoring things. I looked at the video that showed how that worked, looked pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. And also the ability to define curricula, is that correct? So how, yes, how different course. courses relate to each other. Of course, of course. Like in in LearnWorlds, the platform is very flexible. It, you can either create a free, simple course that can be like a ten-minute video, and we even that these free courses are are amazing lead magnets. These are they can be very useful in attracting people to your school and have them sign up and leave you their their contact details. So the let's say the the smallest minimum course can be a 10-minute a ten video, uh, all the way to a course that can combine 20 hours of video, multiple exams, assignments, ebooks, and, uh, and, and all this stuff. And obviously, you can also create multiple courses in all sorts of different combinations. So it works for the individual, but it can also work for the SMB or the larger business that wants to, to train thousands of uh, employees or uh, students. Now, one uh, issue that's always uh, important in these kind of platforms is the assessment part. 
why don't you talk a little bit about what you guys offer with respect to test, testing and assessments? Mm-hmm. This is a subject very much to my heart because I, my, my PhD was on computer-assisted assessment. So this is a part that uh, really, as you mentioned, is as you mentioned, is uh, is very important for for customers, and they always ask for more. In the assessment part of the platform, we offer two things: we offer simple self-assessments for students to self-check their knowledge and uh, see if they've progressed enough, if they if they like manage to to get the 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 content that was presented to them. Uh, so this can be simple, multiple choice tests that people uh, fill out themselves and then at the end they get a score and they also get some uh, uh, feedback about where or when they missed the, the mark. But also we can create, uh, our customers can create formal uh, assessments. Uh, this can be, for example, a 100 question, 90 minute randomized test like that you would have to complete in order to get a certificate of of, uh, continuing professional education. And uh, I think one of our first customers from the U.S. was uh, teaching continuing professional education courses for uh, accountants, and our platform had been verified by the IRS to make sure that the assessment module that we offered was compliant with their CPE uh, requirements. So, uh, So both... Simple things that one can set up for self-assessment, all the way to formal exams that that a person that a person would need to complete in order to get a formal certificate. Yeah, I like the fact that you've added the self-assessment layer, where people can you know use the assessment tools in ways that aren't necessarily punitive or etc. That are actually helping them in their learning experience, rather than something that's a hurdle they have to jump over. Mm-hmm. This is very important. And in fact, we have added this self-assessment part in other parts of the platform, like uh, interactive videos. The, the interactive videos, I mentioned it also, uh, like I mentioned the, the concept before, this is a unique feature of LearnWorlds where you can just upload a simple, linear, and in some cases even boring video, like that you shot yourself perhaps with a, with a, with a mobile phone. And within the platform without the requirement for any external expensive software or any you know any unique uh, expertise you can just convert this video into an interactive experience and one of the ways to do that is to add quizzes on top of the video so uh, the video can can play and then at some point it stops a question pops up and you have to uh, answer this question. And based on your answer, you don't get punished, as you mentioned, but you get some useful feedback or you can even advance forward or backward in the video to get to the place where this concept was uh, explained, uh, let's say. So uh, we really, we've seen, we know this is, uh, this is where our ed educational technology uh, background comes into play and our, our pedagogical, uh, I, I guess, expertise. We know how formative assessment can be crucial for uh, advancing learning, and we have employed that in in key parts of the of the of the platform. Yeah, I actually watched one of your training, or some I think it's an independent company's training video about your video enhancements, and I was very impressed with it. It was it looked remarkably simple and yet very powerful. It's as easy as editing a PowerPoint, so you don't need any expertise to do that. There are some very expensive authoring software out there that you can get to uh, get the same results. But in our case, you simply upload your video and then just like editing a PowerPoint, which is like fairly easy, I would say, you go in and you can add pointers and text and uh, notification cards 
uh, on, on your video. A, a simple example, you can have somebody teaching you how to play tennis or, or golf, let's say, how to hold a, a racket. So you can put frame, pause the video, put pointers and frames to show how you actually hold the racket or the, or the club or anything else and also offer assistive text and guide you through this uh, this process. So a simple video that you shot yourself can really become a very interactive and engaging experience, which, as you can imagine, is very captivating also for the students. So at the end, you have happy students who have engaged with the content and are willing to purchase more courses from, uh, from you. This is what we are trying to create. Learning cannot be passive. With this kind of interactivity and engagement and, and questions, you keep people engaged. Attention, the, uh, the, uh, the short attention span is one of the major problems that everybody uh, is facing uh, today. So with the right instructional tools, we're trying to make all, uh, the courses very much uh, engaging and, and captivating so that people spend more time, they're happy with what they've learned, and they become happy repeat customers. Very interesting. Now, uh, that short attention span business I'm hearing about, I'm an old school boomer. So for me, 45 minutes is okay. Uh, but that may not be the case today. What are you finding? You know, I'm presumably you have metrics on this. What are the typical lengths of uh, bits of video content on your platform? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, as you say, not every generation treats videos the same way or treats uh, or uh, has the, the same uh, attention span. Uh, increasingly now we see that people cannot uh, really engage with videos that are longer than 10 or 12 minutes. So uh, the, 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 sometimes we have some amazing trainers that come to us. They are trying to launch their first online course. They have years and years of training. And the first thing that they uh, are trying to do is to get their usual uh, lecture uh, PowerPoint and try to record a 45-minute video to upload to the platform. And we say that, okay, this doesn't really work. First of all, it's very difficult for you to produce because you have to to edit a 45-minute video. Otherwise, it will be it will have lots of like uh, gaps in there and uh, and things that are not very very polished. But analyt- our analytics and all the all uh, lots of uh, research shows that people cannot really uh, view a kind of video like that and uh, and still be present after 10 or 12 minutes. So what we say to our trainers is to create short videos, multiple videos, like you can shoot one after the other, but get, keep them short and sweet between three and, eight, three and eight minutes, each one covering a single concept, and then you can just put one after the other. And this way, it's much easier to produce your content and it's also much easier to, pro- to, to update or uh, replace your content because you don't need to replace the entire 45-minute video or edit it. You can just go in and add an extra concept or replace one of the videos that, that you shot there. And in this case, we see that students, they might end up spending 45 minutes like one after the other, watching the videos one after the other, but it's not just one video. They realize they just click the first and then the next and the next, and they uh, they have a sense of uh, progression that they're doing actually something and uh, that they're not watching uh, like an interminable video like it was uh, TV. Yeah, good uh, good guidance for those who want to reach you know today's uh, today's learner. Uh, something else you mentioned, I'd like to revisit and get into maybe in little depth. 
and that is certification. On a episode we did last year, I had Rob Tursick on. We talked about education today and in the future. And one of his predictions is was that education, particularly post K to 12 education, would start to become decomposed from these four-year bachelor's degrees, PhDs, et cetera, into many more micro-certifications and that there would be, and there are, already are, platforms that allowed shared and validated certification, et cetera. One, what was one of them? Open uh, badges, I think, was one we talked about. Uh, this was back in EP 139, for those who want to hear uh, Rob Tursick on education today and the future. So maybe if you could go a little bit into what is the state of play to your mind of certification versus degree programs? And then what does your platform enable with respect to either custom certificates or interaction with the broader certificate ecosystem? First of all, I, I fully agree with, uh, uh, with your previous guest. We see increasingly that traditional education uh, and traditional schooling cannot keep up with the kind of uh, demand for skills uh, that uh, that uh, companies have and, uh, and professionals have. Uh, so we see that more and more of education happens outside traditional uh, educational uh, systems. So uh, student debt is a, is a classic example. Uh, this is not so much a problem that we have here in Europe, but it's a, it's a huge problem in the U.S., so in some cases, becoming, let's say, a developer, perhaps the best way to, the best avenue to, to become a developer is not by going to a traditional university, get a, a bunch of student debt, and after three or four years, get a degree, and then do a, a master's for another year, and then become a developer. In some cases, we've seen amazing developers doing self-training or going into a boot camp, and after six months, starting working for a, for a company like Google and become amazing developers in one or two years. Obviously, that's not something that applies to every profession. You wouldn't like your uh, surgeon, for example, to be trained uh, online, you know, and not from a top uh, uh, university. So that's definitely not a, a, general, a, a general comment. But increasingly, we see more and more of education happening outside of traditional education systems. And, and in some cases... Certificates might not even be required. There is this tendency towards micro degrees. So if I want to learn something about a very particular software uh, library or a, a very particular methodology that has been developed, I, can, I don't need to do a full degree. I can just go in online, find an, a, a top certified provider of this kind of knowledge. I can go into some of the, of the top universities offer executive courses or online classes, and I can learn just the things that I need for the right at, at that moment in order to perform that task or in order to complete a, a project. But increasingly, we see more and more people going to non-certified sources of knowledge. If, if you attend an online course by one of the, let's say, the most accomplished person, uh, persons in a, in a specific profession, an expert. Do you really need them to be uh, to to have a certificate? There is the the example of a, of a of a very well known marketplace like Masterclass, where you have some of the of the top professionals in lots of different uh, arts uh, and uh, and even sports 
to where they are doing their 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 classes. Let's say how to uh, play basketball taught by Stephen Curry. Does he really need a, you know a certificate in order to teach basketball? Probably not because he's you know al- already who he is. So there is definitely this tendency. Uh, we see more and more p- things happening outside of the framework of uh, let's say three and four year degrees and PhD uh, PhD degrees. Uh, more and more people trying to learn just the things that they need at the point where they are at their careers. And this can be a one-month course that teaches them something very, very specific and gives them a certificate uh, f- with which they can prove to their employer uh, that they've, uh, they have this, uh, uh, this uh, piece of, of knowledge. But also increasingly, we see people just getting the knowledge and being able to prove that knowledge without the certificate by performing actually and being able to, to complete uh, that task. And, and all these things are something that we can facilitate with the platform. We have like a simple software mechanism to create your own certificates within the uh, within the the platform you can upload your own templates uh, you can even combine these templates with formal assignments as you as we mentioned before so in the case that you offer a course that is certified by a certain certifying body in the US this can be a, this can be a state certifier a state board or something like that whether it's about cybersecurity accounting uh, software or or something else uh, you can go in, get the final exam, and if you get the passing grade, then you're immediately presented with a certificate that you can print, you can share in your social media, you can publish it in your LinkedIn profile, and also the, the certifying body uh, gets uh, informed about the, the CP credits that you received through this uh, certif- certificate, so your professional profile is also updated uh, as well. So the, the, with the platform, we can facilitate those things uh, for, uh, for people who offer professional training. I like that. You know, personally, uh, I was a lifetime learner. You know, I've uh, much of my career was in tech and I took one computer course in college. The rest I taught myself. And as you said, uh, I never had to present any certificates to anybody because I was uh, either an entrepreneur or later a very senior executive. Right. On the other hand, in my businesses, both as a entrepreneur and then later as a corporate executive, I was very aggressive about reimbursing people for education. Uh, I always said, you know, that I would pay for any book anybody wanted or any reasonably priced course. And on that, on for in that kind of environment, a certificate would be useful to prove to a somewhat skeptical character like me that they had actually done the work. So I can see how both styles actually make sense uh, for different people in different contexts. It's it's absolutely correct. As you say, in a professional setting, it makes sense to have the certificate, even tie the certificate to a specific exam or even a board approval, like a, a, a proper a, a proper professional approval for being able to offer these kinds of, of certificates. But we're also seeing the other end, even in a in a very uh, like a soft subject, let's say something that that is just a hobby. People still love their certificates. Uh, we've seen that, uh, like, even you know, if it's a, it's a simple photography uh, course or a knitting course or gardening, whatever, people love to get this sense of, of accomplishment that they have achieved something. They get a certificate. Perhaps they will not put it like up in the, uh, up in their walls, but still, they like this uh, this token of uh, accomplishing something. 
Yeah, it makes sense that, uh, for you to be flexible. Now, when people hear online education, one of the negatives that comes to mind is it's, you know, kind of uh, linear, you know, just do this, then do this, then do that, and not much in the way of interaction with either uh, a teacher or with the rest of the uh, learners. Looking at your website, it looks like you do have some social features, the ability to incorporate Zooms, et cetera. Why don't you talk about the, the nonlinear aspects of what can happen in the, uh, in the environment? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a great observation. Definitely learning is not linear. Uh, there isn't a single way to approach a body of knowledge. There are multiple entry ways and multiple paths, and even the same kind of knowledge uh, should be presented in uh, multiple forms, like multiple media, multiple representations, in order to be uh, to be effective. And definitely, learning doesn't happen in isolation. It's a team sport, and this is where a, 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 an amazing, charismatic teacher can help. This is where Fellow students will help people who are passionate about the same subject. They are at the same level or a bit ahead or a bit behind, but they still tackle, uh, try, are trying to tackle the same problems that you are facing as you go through this uh, subject. We really believe that this is a team sport. Hence, the platform does help you to create multiple representations of the same kind of knowledge. You can upload videos or you can have ebooks. You can have transcripts of your videos because some people are visual learners. Some people prefer to listen. Some pe- people prefer to, uh, to, to read the text. Or it might be the same person using different media uh, throughout the day. Uh, uh, as you commute in the morning, you just might want to hear something like a podcast or to listen to, a, to, a, to the audio of a, of a lecture. At night, uh, you might be relaxing in your sofa and then at that point you, you might want to, to read uh, something. So uh, it's not uh, always about the, it's, it's not only about the learning style of each person, but it's about also the, what is the right thing at the right time. And with the social features of the platform, we help you stay connected both with the teacher and also with your fellow uh, with your fellow students. You can ask a question, uh, receive an answer. People who uh, we see we see that in many many schools, people who have completed the course are amazing teaching assistants because people uh, humans like to show what they know and also they they like to help other people. So we see that, that in in many in many schools lively communities are being created there is they don't happen automatically there needs to be a critical mass of people and interest in order for a community to be created but once a community is created it it functions as a flywheel and more and more people coming in in some cases people come in just for the community and then they explore more courses and discover more courses so uh, this is what also the the world uh, learn worlds as a platform is trying to create worlds of learning where students will interact not only with the knowledge, with the, with the text or the videos that they have in front of them, but also with their instructors and with fellow students. And also, because you mentioned Zoom, this is where Zoom or any kind of live teaching tool can also interact because self-paced course might be easier for a professor to create once and then deliver hundreds or thousands of times and sell it hundreds or thousands of times. But if you add in regular check-ins with your students, which can be 
a weekly session, a recap, or, or a monthly session, or a live webinar. There, you can also use this, this method to keep your, your students close, and you can uh, react instantly. You can deliver feedback, and you can take the best of both worlds. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I've had on the podcast, I don't know, half a dozen times, Zachary Stein, who's one of the uh, a leading philosopher of education from Harvard. And he's written a very interesting book called Education in a Time Between Worlds about uh, you know what does the next uh, form of education need to be for this liminal world we're living in. And one of the things he underscores a lot is that while the computer-based learning can help a tremendous amount, we have to make sure we don't give up the value that comes from teacherly authority is the term that uh, that he uses, that you know, a good teacher is able to subtly assess where the holes are, what the strengths are, where what next for each student. And it sounds like uh, you have some facility for that in your platform. I totally agree with what Dr. Stein mentioned uh, and what what he believes. Um, We're not here to replace schools and we're not here to replace uh, amazing uh, teachers. Amazing teachers are individuals, like everybody in their lives uh, has like an amazing teacher that really changed their their outlook and their their lives. Uh, We're here to facilitate them. And in some cases, te- technology cannot always replace the amazing, magical interaction that can happen between a charismatic teacher and a, and a student, like in a, in, a, in a room. But we can multiply that. We can, uh, we can facilitate that and, and, and we can help every teacher become slightly better and every student learn slightly, slightly better. And one of the one of the ways that uh, we are using to help teachers bridge this gap and still feel that they are close to their students is analytics. So we we offer an amazing analytics package within their platform that, uh, in a v- very fine detail, allows you to see the interactions that happen between students and the content, and to really see where are the bottlenecks, where people stall where people progress so that you can go in and uh, improve obviously your content improve your interactions or do interventions so that you can help people progress uh, through this course something that a charismatic teacher would be able to do within a classroom of 10 or 20 people much more difficult to do that within an amphitheater of 100 or 200 people because there you really you you, you cannot really keep up with uh, with anyone here with our analytics even within an online course that is attended by a, a few thousand people, the fine-grained analytics can allow you to pinpoint those uh, uh, those cases that are left behind or those those bottlenecks uh, and be able to stage interventions. Okay, very good. For the audience, uh, if you want to hear what Zach Stein has to say, that starts with EP57, actually three episodes. I don't remember the other two numbers, but start with EP57 and uh, hear uh, Zach on education in a time between worlds. Truly fascinating stuff. Now, a bit of a more technical question when I was going through your materials, you talked about SCORM compatible. What is SCORM and why is it important? SCORM is a, is a nice little package of, uh, of courses. It's a standard 
not uh, very new. It was created like 25 years ago. I think the latest update of the standard was done in 2004. It's kind of a zip file that in a structured way packages an online course, a, a course that can include some video, images, text, some interactivity, perhaps a few, a few questions and even a, a certificate. So it's kind of, a, of an old standard but that's also the purpose of a standard, to be old and to be used. Uh, so there are millions and millions of uh, lessons and courses that have been created using uh, SCORM. There, uh, it might not be the most interactive, let's say, or up-to-date uh, material, but there are still, uh, there's still amazing content and is still being created. Amazing content is still being created today, mostly in corporate uh, settings. So our platform is SCORM compatible, which means that any course that has been created in the past or is created still using this interoperable uh, standard can easily be uploaded in the platform and reused. So even though we offer full authoring functionality within the platform and you can just go in and create amazing courses within LearnWorlds, if you don't want to do that and if you have your courses or if you purchase a few courses from ready-made libraries of courses that exist out there, especially for professional uh, for professional training and corporate training, you can just upload these files, these SCORM files, into LearnWorlds and uh, and have them play right out of the box. Okay, so it sounds like it's really more for compatibility with older course material, uh, not necessarily for what people might do for a custom state-of-the-art course. But backward compatibility is a useful thing, as we know. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, especially in corporate settings, uh, like when you have when you are creating content that will be consumed by thousands upon thousands of people. In some cases, compatibility can be a, a major a major factor. All righty. Well, uh, Panos, this has been an incredibly interesting conversation. I will have to admit, I was doing my research yesterday afternoon and early this morning, and I was starting to think, hmm, I wonder how some of the uh, projects and organizations uh, I'm involved with could use something like this. So I'm going to actually try to assemble uh, a few people from one of my projects to take a look at your platform and see if there if there might be an interesting way for us to deliver content to our communities. So, you know, it, it did engage me. I, I like the mix of power uh, with reasonable ease of use. And as you know, as a designer, it's hard to get that balance right. It's, uh, it's not easy to get it right. Uh, this is what we're trying to do, even though we, you know, we have all this ed tech background and all these lofty ideas about what the state of the art of e-learning should be. We're also very practical and we're trying to offer a very valuable uh, tool at the hands of anyone, not only educators, but every business today can benefit from, uh, from online training, whether it's training your customers, your associates, your resellers, your remote sales team, uh, your, uh, uh, your, I don't know, the people you, you, have, uh, you have around you, your, your affiliates, anybody can benefit from learning. And also, we truly believe that education can be an amazing form of marketing, a very effective form of marketing, even the best form of marketing for every business. So if you, anybody has uh, questions about how they can use a platform like that or how they can use education to, to benefit their, uh, their, their existing uh, business or complement their existing business, happy to, to help them uh, and show them around the platform and give them some use cases that they might get ideas from. And you can check it out at learnworlds.com. Thank you, Panos, for a fascinating conversation. Thanks, Jim, for having me on your show. 
Audio production and editing by Andrew Blevins Productions. Music by Tom Muller at modernspacemusic.com.